Welcome to a special edition of Convos with Your Mom's Favorite. I am your mom's favorite. And have you missed me? Because I definitely missed y'all. Um, season three is coming soon. But while you wait, I figure it'd be a perfect time to, for me to go back and relive and listen to some of my favorite episodes from season one and two and some of my favorite clips from those episodes. And I figure if I'm doing it for myself, I might as well share it with all of you so that you don't miss me too much. So here we go. We're going to start off with a clip from my very first episode where my boy, my brother Will from the Breaking the Barrier podcast was here and he, we were discussing back and forth and we were discussing my likes and the reason for the podcast and what I expected to get from the podcast. And one of my favorite clips from that is how I enjoy movies. So, yeah, let's go back and listen. That sounds good. Um, So, how do you enjoy movies? Like, how did, like, do you... How do you set the stage to watch a movie? Like, is it just... You know, people have rituals or stuff like that. Like, what's your favorite venue to watch a movie in? Just, like, how do you prep to watch a movie? Well, my favorite venue to watch a movie is definitely the movie theaters. Um, because that gives you the biggest screen. Um, depending on which theater you go to, determine you get the best sound. Um, but if not, I definitely enjoy it and watching movies at home in my man cave. I've got uh, some nice couches, like comfort as you're watching the movie because some movies are long. So you need to be, if so, you're not. So, so what would you say are the top necessities for prepping for a movie? A comfy chair. Good visuals and good sound. All right. So I got all three of those. I'm content. So um, you like watching movies in groups or solo or? It depends on the movie and if I've seen it already. And again, where I'm watching it. I will watch a movie in a group if we're in the movie theaters because there's less we're less likely to talk about it in the theater. So yeah, that was, you know, how I like to enjoy movies. I definitely enjoy a big comfy couch as I just said and you know, that's definitely important to me. So moving right along, the next clip we have is further along in the season. We're going to skip to episode three where I had sat down with my father and we discussed. Um, we discussed the uncomfortableness of watching certain scenes, certain like sex scenes and things of, like that with your parents. Dad, I only had one more thing that I wanted to discuss with you. And I don't even know. It's honestly, it's a little uncomfortable to bring up. 
But the whole thing is about uncomfortability with watching certain scenes with your parents. Mm-hmm. Hey, okay. Because I will never forget when we all sat down to watch Notorious for the first time. And we went and saw the movie in movie theaters. And we bought the DVD. We came home to watch it as a family. And then we watched the extended version, which I don't think we should have done now. But we watched the extended version. And it was just, it was a bit uncomfortable watching certain scenes. Like the certain sex scenes. Most importantly, those scenes. They just got very... It got real awkward and just uncomfortable. Is it the same way for you? Like, does does it does it does it affect you like it did me? Like watching like certain scenes like that with me because we watch shows together. For example, like Spartacus, we watch together, and we watch Power, and there are those two particular shows carried a lot of nudity, a lot of sexual. It was a, a lot of those were of a sexual nature. And I know for me, in the beginning, it was definitely one of those awkward things. Where it was like, eh. or even not even just of like a sexual nature. If I'm watching a show and it always seems to happen where like when we're watching a show and you or mom comes home and then the episode was like very normal, very OK, very chill. And then the moment you come in, they dro- they're they dropping every single profanity in the book. And then because that's not really a big, it's not really a thing in our house. Like we don't really, you know, use that kind of language. So it's kind of a, it becomes a bit awkward. And I kind of like either change the channel or just turn off the TV altogether. So is it of a similar nature? Um... I guess the short answer is yes. Um, it is definitely a moment. I, I grew up in a time where, like, in and even I, wow. Looking back now, if it was reverse, whereas post me and you, but me and my dad, my dad was watching stuff, or even I back then, I would never watch things like that. Was. My dad around. Granted, we didn't live together. I, I, he and I, I think I was about 15, 16 when I last lived together with him in the house before I went to live with my grandmother. But even then, you never watch shows like that with your parents around. You know, that just, and, and parents vice versa. I recall, this was a while ago now, probably in my, in my maybe early teens, if not even maybe a little younger, and my father, my my father, one of my aunts, one of my uncles were just hanging out outside, and somebody had a, a copy. I don't know if they had this this skit by Richard Pryor on a tape or something. I'm not sure what it was, but they were listening to it, and they told me I I could not stand there. Was I had to get move away because you know then that's how it was. You didn't let your kids hear or listen to stuff like that. And I've always had that mindset coming up, but I guess again, but 
I'm not, I'm not sure where it changed or how it changed where it became okay. No, I guess the reality is it never became okay. But maybe just more tolerated that, that okay, you know. But yeah, you're right. Um, it's been uncomfortable because, as you say, we that's not been, really been not, that's never been who we are or who we've been as a family. You know, to just think that that type of the language is okay, or even the explicit explicit sex is really okay. But sometimes it just seems to be um, over the top to me many times, uh, quite unnecessary. And while it's a good draw in some ways in terms of drawing people in, people like to see it. But if that's really what you're all about, then to me, it just speaks to the fact that it's not really a good story. It's just more about, you know, the visual aspects of it. And a good story, there's got to be more than that. But like I said, though, yeah, so it, is it uncomfortable at times? It definitely is. Even, even myself, sometimes I find myself... Listen to, like if I'm home watching TV, I'm like, you know, watching stuff, and it's like, okay, this is really kind of, you know, a bit much. But then again, if you got some home and stuff like that, again, I would not, as a parent, I would not want to expose you to stuff, though you're growing yourself now anywhere. But as a parent, I think we never want to really expose our children to too much stuff because, you know, we don't want them to grow up thinking that that's okay overall because it's not really necessary it's not really okay well no and maybe that's not the right word either but um again it, it is awkward at times and um you know but I think part of it is the fact that because of being a parent you always see your your children as being children even though now you're grown so it's still a little like okay awkward because Again, you guys are still my children, so I try to, I've all, I would always endeavor to shield and or protect you, but again, at the same time, you're grown, so you have to be able to make your own choices as well. And I have to, I guess, respect that. I may not always like them. I may not always want to be a part of it, you know, suffer that, so, but, you know, even as you mentioned about Spartacus, and, um, even power yeah some of that is, is you know it's still a little awkward um again it's if I'm by if I'm watching it with myself by myself or with my wife and we're okay with it then but it's different but when you're with your kids there's always going to be that that separation I think no matter how old we get well maybe not if we get older but you know to where you really don't want to you know watch certain things with your kids or in your case with with your parents I think, I think that's normal myself um you know it, it's I recall um now thinking about it the movie I mentioned before an officer and a gentleman opens up where Richie Gere's character is you know he just he's a young guy um and he and his father was out drinking and whatever and the next morning, you see, you know, you know, the fathers in bed. Maybe both of them were in bed, but there were girls there in, in, in the house as well. See things like that, I know would never happen with like you and I. That's, that's you know, but right. but for some people, it is okay. But um, no, it would never be okay for me. And I try to not be closed-minded or be seen as being prudish, even. But mm -hmm. 
you know, no, it's it's definitely awkward. It's definitely not. It's uncomfortable at times. You know, it's you know, it's uncomfortable, and, and even for the house as a whole, you know, just we have, I think we all just need to be mindful of whatever we watch and allow it to go on in the house because I think it it has an impact overall in our mindset. It, it at times maybe even um, desensitizes us to certain things, especially when it comes to treatment of women. You know, as, as a man, I would never want my daughter to be disrespected or think of or to be thought of as just to be somebody's, um, as just to be there for somebody's pleasure without, right. without somebody really loving her as well. And I think sometimes those scenes, they take that away. I think that's what maybe concerns me the most, that it takes away the actual intention of what I believe God has called for a man and, and, and woman to be. Yeah, people have sex all the time. I get it. I, I'm not close to that. I understand it. But um, again, I think it should be more. And I, I think we lose a lot as people, as a couple, when we don't really consider, you know, the whole relationship value besides just being sex for somebody for like, you know, for, for a night. Our next clip comes from season one, episode four, my uh, convos with Carmen, in which we discuss books that get turned into movies as well as books that get turned into shows. Really enjoy the movie. And you like, for example, Harry Potter, for a lot of people who saw, I think some people saw the movie first and then decided to read the book, Um, especially with Game of Thrones. A lot of people did that because Game of Thrones, the books came out in like 91 or some weird shit. Yeah. a lot of people saw the show or movie first and then read the books. I think that if you're really enjoying the series or a movie, it's cool to read the book so you have more um, more knowledge. More knowledge, and if you're really invested in it, you know what I mean. Like if you yeah. really love it and you want more of it, then it's cool that you have something else that like if the movies end. I go, oh, well, I still have all these books that I can still read. Right. It, it can still live on. Right. The whole thing of it can still live on. Like with Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones, the series ended, but the books are not done yet. So if you still are Which one, really it's, invested, it's still very wild to me that you're ending, so that you're ending a series. That the series ended, but the books are still going. The the Towards the middle to end of the series, it was way off book, though. They started like going off topic. So I think with the last few books, it was not what's happening in the series. And definitely the last book is not ending the, the way that the the series ended. I don't know how the series ended. Neither did I. I didn't watch it. We did Me not neither. watch. We did not have a viewing party. We did not invite happen. people over to watch no, a viewing party. It didn't happen. I don't know how the series ended. We did not drink wine and sit on a Sunday night watching a show that did mm-hmm. not ever end. Um, but I don't think I don't think you need to read a book to watch it. I think it's just a cool bonus thing. Moving right along, we are now going to go to episode five in which me and my sister Jazz give Tim Burton his flowers as one of our favorite directors. Not even talking, just scary movies. What? The police are scary too. Jazz, I said we're not getting in that bag. We're not getting in that bag. 
the government is very scary for black we people. We not getting in that bag this episode. Okay. So where you going? I was going to like the lighthearted movies. Oh, okay. Because one of our favorite movies is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that is such a great movie. Shout out to Tim Burton. Shout out to Tim Burton. Like, he is the best. Shout out to Tim Burton. Tim Burton is my... If I met him in real life, I would be very afraid to give him a hug. However, I would be very excited to see him. Right. Like, I think I would say hi from afar, because I really think psychologically he has some issues. Gotta be, (laughs) because The Nightmare Before Christmas... That was a great movie. I love it. I love the versatility of the fact that I could watch the movie from October to December. Yes. Yes. Because it is both a Halloween. It's a transition. Like, it's it's a Halloween movie. Yes. And it counts in, like, Christmas territory as well. Right. Shout out to Jack for holding it down for the entire city. For the entire city. Because they couldn't do nothing without him. They couldn't do nothing at all. Like, where is Jack? They fell apart. (laughs) Like, they fell apart without my boy. They fell apart. Like, homeboy was home. (laughs) He was home. And they was losing their mind because he wasn't out in the city with them. (laughs) Right. I need that kind of power, yo. Right. Like, they was like, bro, he in the room. He's in the room. Right. He's home. I can understand when you ain't know where Jack was and you like something's up with Jack. Like you like something's where is he? Something's up with Jack. That was but then, that was that. But something's then he up came with Jack home. And he was home and they like something up with Jack. And then my favorite line from that is when old girl was like, never says a word. Hope he hasn't died. <laughs> but you can see him in the window, like, bro. You see him working in the window. <laughs> like you saw You him know working. he right there. Yes, he is fine. He's just working on something. He found Christmas. That's it. And you see what happened? It's not for everybody. But we're not getting to that bag. Does he? Oh, like, we're not getting to that bag either. Because that man found Christmas and lost his mind. Like, completely lost it for Because a all bit. he knew was death until it, he saw a jolly it over, it overwhelmed and happiness. And, and he didn't know how to handle it. <laughs> he was like, what is this? This is not bones. <laughs> the Nightmare Before Christmas, we enjoy that movie. We like Coraline. I love Coraline. That Even movie is so great. That's not a kid's movie either, but you know. After watching it for the, uh, I'm not going to tell you how many times because I can't, but after watching it after a certain amount of times, you really realize that it's not, it's, a, it's kid's not a kid's movie, movie. As they try to portray it. No, because like, fake Caroline Parents was not the wave. Nah, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> it was, she was wild, especially the mama. like The corpse bride. The corpse bride. Tim Burton is a is a genius. It's just it's another fantastic. All Edward Scissorhands. I love Edward. Yo, is that a scary movie? No, but it counts on like it. It matches. I think it should be put in the rotation of of the uh, Halloween. It, you know. I think that should definitely be in the rotation of Halloween. It's a good movie. It's so good. I love that movie. <laughs> Next up, we have from the season finale, my episode with Boy Wonder, where we open up the conversation talking about some of his as well as my favorite superhero movies, as well as some of our favorite scenes in those movies. How you doing, Juju? Pretty good. 
That's good. That's I'm really good. excited. <laughs> I can tell. It's, it's. I wish you guys could see how visibly excited he is. <laughs> so, yeah. we're going to get into it. Uh, Juju. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about a few things. One of them being uh, superhero movies and TVs, shows. Because you are a fan, like I am a fan. Um, I'd like to think you are a fan somewhat because I'm a fan. Yeah, I mostly started with you guys. So, so yeah. What are some of your favorite superhero movies? Favorite superhero movies? Yeah. I have to say Endgame, Infinity War, uh, Age of Ultron, Avengers, I guess. Maybe Justice League. Aquaman, and Thor, and Thor, the first, the first one. The first Thor? Yeah, and I like Iron Man, the first one, too. Really? All the origin stories, I feel like, are best, mm-hmm. especially, just because, like, you see how they were doing before they had to become these somewhat superheroes, almost. So that's, like, you like to see, like, where the superheroes come from? Yeah. What, where they got their start? Mm-hmm. Okay, very nice. I, I would have to agree. Endgame is definitely one of the best movies Marvel's ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the the Hulk, was awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was glorious to me. Yeah, that was a good moment. Uh, all the Hulk movies, of course. I am biased in that respect. I do like the Hulk more than anyone. So, even though they're not good movies, I do like them. Right. I feel like I haven't really seen the Hulk movies as much, more or less because I never really liked Hulk. Like I always, <laughs> I I always saw, I always saw him as this like as this like guy who like knocked down buildings and almost like would like destroy people like Thanos or like, Galactus almost, mm-hmm. but not really as like that big superhero. I liked him when he almost like evolved, like you saw an end, like you probably saw an End Game, right. where he almost like evolved and. And ha- I guess he had like therapy with himself or something, and became this like more like, human-like Hulk almost. I like that, and mm. it was funny. And it was funny when he went back in time and he had to like destroy the the um cars and stuff. Like he was actually the original Hulk, but it was funny to me. Right. Yeah, that was a good moment. That was yeah. a funny moment to see how far he's come, mm-hmm. and then to have to go back and be, be the like, old Hulk. Ugh. Ugh. Right. <laughs> I get you. I get you. So what are some of, not maybe your favorite movies, but like your favorite movie characters? Favorite. Superhero characters. Superhero characters. Um, I like Quicksilver. Um, Magneto. Yeah, he's cool. Professor X. Black Widow. Scarlet Witch. Captain America. Um, Thor. Loki. And I think this might this might happen. I think it might be Galactus if mm. there ever is an Avengers where Galactus comes into play. But I think it might actually be Galactus. I just like that he's just like a giant man and like can destroy um, buildings at one with one fist or something. Hmm. And what makes you what what led you to those people? Like what made you choose them as your favorites? I just think that they're that they're cool, like with their like, catchphrases, or like, or say Captain America, like how he throws the shield almost, and right. how it's made out of vibranium and stuff. So 
Yeah, stuff like that. Or for, like, Scarlet Witch, how she can, like, hypnotize, hypnotize like, millions of people almost mm-hmm. to think to thinking a certain way. Like, right. you, like, in Avengers Age of Ultron, how she hypnotized the people to leave, to leave Sokovia mm-hmm. because something bigger than them was coming. I think that was kind of cool. Another great clip that I really enjoy from season two, the season two, episode one, Convos with Porcelain. We started discussing the movie One Night in Miami, and it turned into a conversation. We started to discuss the parallels in One Night in Miami to our very own friendship with our own friend group. And I thought that was just a really good conversation. It was a very in-depth conversation just about friendship and how what we mean as friends to each other. So let's just stay on him and segue. I'm ready. Do you know where we're going? I think I do. One Night in Miami. Wow. They. What a movie. Did that. From top to bottom. Yep. Writing, production, acting, like. That movie was great. Wow. And I didn't know what to expect. At all. And I, I'm, so I'm really into documentaries. um, And I like. I don't know if I should tell on myself, but I have like a weird affinity for like singers who died in like weird ways. Okay. Sam Cooke was one of those people. Right. And so like I've done a lot of research about Sam Cooke. There's a documentary on Netflix about him. Um, and that documentary led me to watching a documentary about uh, Muhammad Ali because they were good friends. And so it was just like, you know, this conversation about like, oh, there was a night in Miami where the four of them like had a party together, but nobody else was there. And it's like, what what did they talk about? Such a like interesting combination of people and to like be in that room and imagine what they talked about in this movie did such a good job of like illustrating that moment. Yeah. And I think, like, oh, there's so much to say. With the acting combined with the writing, mm-hmm. there was a point of the movie where I didn't, it wasn't like, oh, I'm watching Muhammad Ali, uh, Sam Cooke, um, Malcolm X, and what's his name? Um, not Joe Brown, that's not it. Nope. Jim. Jim Brown? Is it Jim Brown? It might be Jim Brown. Yes, Jim Brown. Yeah. It was, it was. It wasn't, it didn't feel like I'm watching these four men have a conversation. It felt like I'm just watching four men have a conversation. And I think, especially with biopics, you know, actors sometimes do too much where they're like trying to force the fact that they're this person down your throat instead of just acting and like being in the moment. Oh, no, they they act. They they, did it. They just acted. They did it. They did it. And like, I think it was important because, like, we view all these people in a certain way. Like, we view Malcolm X as, like, this powerful man and Muhammad Ali and, you know, so on and so forth. But I think in that moment, like, when you're with your friends, you know, you're not as the world sees you. You're as your friends see you, which is very different. And, like, they brought that into the movie. And... (sighs) No, they did a fantastic job. 
I was I was sitting there watching the movie. I had no idea, like you said, no idea what to expect going into it. Mm-hmm. I just went and I was sitting there and I kind of I have a love hate relationship to movies that uh kind of suck you into the time mm-hmm. and they kind of make you feel mm-hmm. what they're feeling mm-hmm. in that moment. Because even before we got to the night, when Jim Brown went to go see his old <gasps> college coach, and he was like, "We're got I got to go help his granddaughter move furniture. And he was like, oh, you want me to help you? And he said, we can't let niggas in the house. I got so angry sitting in my chair. I was like, nah, I don't like this. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, like I don't like feeling like that in a movie, watching a movie. But I got so angry. When he was like, yo, we can't let niggas in the house. Excuse me? Excuse me? Excuse me? Want to try that again? And that, like, the first, I would say, 15, 20 minutes of that movie, they did such... I need to meet Regina King just so I can hug her for this movie. Yeah. Like, granted, she's done amazing other things. Amazing other things. But this movie? But, like, in the first 20 minutes, it was very uh, strategic how they took these powerful black men that everybody like loves and uh isolated them and is what does the word ostracize me does it I mean the same thing as no, isolate no i think that's kind of like you talk about all right like, yeah but they like isolated them and like made them feel alone like that specific you know scene with joe brown like he was you know so great and powerful and then he was reduced down to a nigga and that happened to each of those men and then they come in this room and try to have to, like, not only fight against the world's ideology about them, but their own feelings about themselves. And ugh. Yeah, <sighs> it's too much. Good. It's too much. Because that whole, the whole Malcolm X and Sam Cooke mm-hmm. debate, I was sitting there, I was like, bro. And then after Sam Cooke left, and when Malcolm was talking to Jim Brown, mm-hmm. and he was like, bro, I see so much, pre- like, you cry, you're crying. Mm-hmm. He broke down and started crying, and he was like, what? He was like, bro, I just see so much potential mm-hmm. in him, and I just don't feel like he's using it right. Mm-hmm. And then you sit there, and you just be like, damn. Because you've, I've, I've even had those moments where, like, you know, in our friend group, mm-hmm. it's just like, you see mm-hmm. the potential that's there, mm-hmm. but the person isn't really doing what you feel is enough. Mm-hmm. And so it's a battle because it's like you want to push them more, but you don't really want to strain the relationship with the, like yeah. lose the friendship, yeah. but you want to push them further than like you want to push them so that they can see their potential. And then to find out that like Sam Cooke was having that own, he was having that struggle himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then it's kind of like, it's a, icky situation because how do you how do you even have the conversation when you feel like they're struggling to have a mo- like you you want them to see their potential mm-hmm. and they themselves want to see their potential mm-hmm. but you're both struggling because the potential is not being reached mm-hmm. damn that movie was good and i think like to your point of like our friend group i think there's a reality that that exists in all groups of friends where everybody's right answer is different. 
you know? Yeah. It's like even when, you know, Malcolm was like pushing Sam and he's like, you know, like I, I do what I what I got to do for the black community. Like I only, I have my own record label. And, you know, when he was uh, going through what he did with Bobby Womack and like selling his songs to the white guy. But now every time, you know, that song is played, is he, played gets he gets paid. Right. And so like him thinking or Sam Cooke's character thinking that that's the right way. Um, and doing that, but then Malcolm X being like, oh, no, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, where was I going? Shit. See, this is what happens when you get old. Oh, but just the fact that there's, like, no right answer, you know? Right. Because everybody at the end of the day is doing the best that they can and what they think is best for themselves and the people around them. And, like, it, it, it made me think of me and Will. <laughs> <laughs> because if there's one thing me and Will are going to do is argue about who is right. Yeah. But I think that's the point is that like we can both be right for ourselves and that's okay. Now another favorite clip that I'm about to play for y'all, right? I really enjoyed this entire episode. It's broken up into two parts. That's just how good it was, the conversation. It was the conversation with Uncle G. I wish I could play the whole two-part episode, but then that would make this whole thing way too long. So when you get a chance, just go listen to that episode. It's really great. I really enjoyed doing it. But we sat down to talk about Marvel movies, and we were talking about our... I went to discuss one of our favorite scenes from avengers endgame and just our reactions the very first time we saw that movie and how we re still react every single time we watch that movie and we were um my dad and i we were at the church and we had to there was like a problem with one of the projector screens we mm -hmm. had so i went to go fix it mm -hmm. and my thing is if you want to see something great on a screen to make sure it's working properly, mm -hmm. there is nothing better than the most recent Avengers movie. <laughs> that's a good analogy. That's a, that's a, that's a you good know, thought. Yeah. If you ever need to make sure something's working, uh -huh. the most recent Avengers movie, mm -hmm. if it looks great and you almost end up watching the entire movie in that moment, <laughs> then it's good. Then you're good. You're good. You're good. So, and I even start, I, uh, I have Endgame on my MacBook. Mm-hmm. And I play that scene mm -hmm. to check it. Mm -hmm. And I um the scene from the beginning, I started off where Falcon says, Cap, on your left. Mm -hmm. And that whole scene when everyone just comes out, starts coming, appearing from the circles. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And then even I could even take it further back because, one, I don't know about you, but I lost my mind when... Um, Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man, they saw Thanos. And um, Iron Man was like, we're going to have to kick his butt. Mm -hmm. And Captain America was like, yeah. And then Thor goes, as long as we're on one accord, and you see the lightning in his eyes. Yeah. And then he calls both Mjolnir yeah. and um, <laughs> what's the? Stormbreaker. 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 And he calls both of them. I said, Yo, that scene in itself gets me hype. But just seeing everyone lined up and then Cap finally saying Avengers Assemble. Dude, that was almost a religious experience. 
I was sitting there like I would never like the applause that erupted in that theater. Oh God, uh, yeah, that was oh that was almost a really because it was like it's man. it's ten years of yes. of movies yes culminating in, in just this one, one moment. And moving right along, we are going to go back in time to in between seasons one and two to where I sat my whole family down and we did the Christmas episode, the criminal episode, excuse me, and where we discuss all things Christmas and a clip that I really enjoyed from there. We discussed whether or not the Grinch should be touted and in the category as one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. Let's get to it. And since we were talking Christmas, you know, all things Christmas. All things. Um, we're going back to movies. Um, just like um, It's a Wonderful Life is like touted as like a staple of Christmas. I believe that the Grinch should also be put up there. The original, not even the one with Jim Carrey or this newest one, but the original, I think it should count as well um, as one of the greatest Christmas movies ever made. I would think so, but then again, I'm partial because I also like the Grinch and even the, the music itself, you know, and the characters, you know, for that, so yeah, I mean, I would think so, and the fact that it, people still watch it today, some 30, 40, almost 50 years later, I think it, it's, it's already done in terms of being set as a classic. That's just me. You you said a Christmas Carol in there, or no? No, no, oh, I said the great. No, um, before that, oh, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful life. life. All right, I was just asking, yeah, I don't know, I don't think I have an, I don't think I have an opinion about it one way. Or the other because it's not at the very top of my list. I definitely think that you should. Everybody should watch it. Um, and I guess if that's the case, then like yes, then it should be considered a classic. Um, I don't know. I don't. Ha- I'm not passionate about it one way or the other. See, I think part of the problem is though the Grinch is Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Seuss movies. You know, their TV shows, their movies, all of his shows are classics because Dr. Seuss is a classic. Nah, that Cat in the Hat movie, though, was definitely well, not a classic. Well, that Cat in the Hat. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that Cat in the Hat movie should never happen. It should not. It should no, never no, have no. happened. They should le- definitely have left it <laughs> like Dr. Seuss does cartoon. Right. 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 When you try to turn it into right. reality, no. Right. But. I think they did did a good job with Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. I think they did a good job with Jim Carrey. I think the Grinch is a separate example of a Dr. Seuss movie that, a Dr. Seuss book that can translate well into a movie. Right. Um, Because all the rest of them, we definitely don't need, like, what's the other one that came out? Lorax? The Lorax. It wasn't bad, but it it wasn't a great one. The Grinch, though, I think is definitely a good... It's a good movie. And like I said, I think everybody should watch it. Um, I think it's definitely for adults, though. 
I don't find the Grinch as like I think the Jim Carrey one. The, the that's the one I'm talking about. Dumps. Jim Jim the, Carrey, and I think that's what kind of uh, kills the classic for me, because a classic should be like a well-rounded, family-oriented movie. kind of movie. Yeah. And I don't think the Grinch Jim Carrey's version does that for me, because it could be scary to kids. Like, what yeah, is this thing? Like, yeah. But in that. And to your point of how, like, well, to everyone's point about how the Cat in the Hat kind of, you know, we agree that the movie shouldn't have been made. Um, Mm -hmm. The Grinch is the reason the Cat in the Hat got made. Right. Because the Grinch came out in 2000, and that did really well. Cat in the Hat came out in 03. So they figured if it worked here. It doesn't. That cat looked way scarier than the Grinch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if it worked here, <laughs> let's try it over here. Shout out to Edward Scissorhands, though. I thought I just throw that there. I don't know why. <laughs> that has been- oh, okay. All right. I just think it's great. <laughs> and the final clip is coming from the last episode seven, the WrestleMania episode where my good friend Dre and my boy Will, my brother Will, we discussed our trip to WrestleMania. That was a fun episode to do, and it was just great to just sit and talk and relive one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. So let's take a listen. Changing, defending, universal heavyweight champion. Our trip? Our trip. WrestleMania 35, I mean... Um, we were not all we were not all together. Um, no, but, we weren't. But it didn't matter. It didn't, right. matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter, bro. Right. I was at WrestleMania, and it, it was, was just it's it's yeah. such a different energy when you're actually there. There, one com- it's a different energy from being from watching WrestleMania at home to actually being there. But even like on like a random, if you're at a Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. the energy is way different even at WrestleMania than being at like a Monday Night Raw. Like, cause my very first wrestling event was Raw at the Garden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a moment. But WrestleMania, that was the, the moment. moment. <laughs> like that was the moment. And I was just like, yo, it's it was great. And I was happy to be there. I I think it was everything. The drive, mm-hmm. yep. pulling up, going in the The tailgating arena. was it. I like the tailgating. That was fun. Going in the arena, actually, you know what I mean, seeing live the setup. Yeah. It was just, I mean, I, the, the pyro, the, the, the be- oh, beautiful, <laughs> the right. anthem. The lights, it was yeah. just, It was just Everything was so different, and and then when you look at it on TV, you're like, yeah, it's mania. But yeah, then you remember, it a, it's a whole different vibe when you go home and watch it in comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have no commentary; you got the mm-hmm. fans. Like that's all you got. That's all you got. Um, and for me, I had a great time. Oh, however, uh oh, it was long. It was very. No, it was long. I left WrestleMania that night and said, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> as much fun as I had. But and I had two nights. I had two more nights left. You yeah, you, you were on like <laughs> night, you were on night down. four or something like that. And yeah. I'm like, you're crazy. But yeah. I now that they now that it might be like two nights, 
I'll definitely go to one night. Uh oh. Because I could do three and a half hours as Listen, opposed to eight. Whether it was two nights or whether it was another night, you tell me we going back to WrestleMania or we going back to WrestleMania. Right. Not yet. But I, I, like I said, I could definitely do three and a half, four hours. Oh, real quick. And shout out to as my boy to Jose for hooking me up with the uh, free drinks all night at WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know him. We in the class. Yeah, yeah, I know him. <laughs> shout out to him. Yo, I, it, it, it was. Shout wrong. out to White Man Carter that was sitting next to me with his son. Uh-oh. At his first live event, they left early because they didn't like women's wrestling. So, well, oh. he didn't like women's wrestling. Oh, we never talked about and that. And he had to get back to Connecticut. Um, so he left before the main event. Wow. Wow. So, it was, yeah. But, but it was long. I, I, I didn't realize it was going to be that long. Me neither. Um, I didn't, it was long. I'm telling you, by the time we got to Ronda Rousey, Becky, and he was tired. Charlotte, I'm like, yo. He was tired. Honestly, I was straight and could have left once Kofi won. Well, that was a moment. I I I, I cried on Kofi one, because it, it, it was just, it was different. Like I, I the goosebumps. Yeah. I never felt nothing like that before. Like, bro, yeah. I see that moment. To, if you pull up that video right now, mm-hmm. I might lose it because it's again, it's one of those moments. It's the moment. It's, it's that Sasha Bianca moment. Right. It's like holy, like wow, because they didn't put much emphasis on it when the Rock won. Hmm. Mark Henry won. It wasn't much. It was a regular nah. pay per view, <laughs> right? But Kofi, Bro, like, Kofi won. They built them. That came. That came full circle for me, anyway. Do y'all ever yeah, think cause, back? Because that wasn't supposed to happen. No, it, wasn't. it was supposed to be Kevin Owens versus Daniel Bryan for the world championship at WrestleMania. No, but they were. Um, and Ali was. They were gonna push Mustafa Ali, and Mustafa yeah. Ali got hurt. Yeah, and uh, he was supposed to. Kevin Owens came back at the, the night after Eliminates Chamber, or the Friday night, the Tuesday night after Eliminates Chamber, and was supposed to challenge Daniel Bryan then uh, and fight Mustafa Ali. And Mustafa Ali was going to lose, but still be, like, important. Mm-hmm. But he got hurt, and Kofi Mania happened. So it was not supposed to be. Well, then it was. I'm grateful. And to, for it to happen, ironically, to Daniel Bryan, who it was not supposed to be for, and then it was, that was a good moment to just be there. To just be there for. Overall, it was the experience. Everything yeah, was just... Was a, oh, Brock Lesnar says Rollins set it off Oh, me. God. For me, it set off what? before that. Paul oh, said, yo, since we're not the main event, right. he had attitude we want like our that. check now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we want to finish this and go home. And, and see, going back to this year... Bobby Lashley and them starting the match. That's why I don't have a problem with it because it sets the tone. Yeah, I've I've never been against world championships going on first. You know, Um, especially when there are multiple, because now the women's championships are considered world championships. So when you put a a WWE championship match on first, to me, it's equivalent to the Money in the Bank. I miss the Money in the Bank at WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. Um, but I do like that it's its own pay per view because it's Money in the Bank. So. Uh, please, Lord, don't give it to somebody like Otis this year. <laughs> that was a waste, a complete waste. But I loved our trip. The cheesesteak was great. It was expensive, but it was great. Um, <laughs> um, the, my shoulder was broken uh, from holding the world title all day. Um, it was great. Yeah, it was great. It was I was exhausted. Moment. I got to see Hulk Hogan like... 
Hulk Hogan come out. He's one yeah, of my you favorites. Yeah, I hate Hulk Hogan. Um, I got to be uh, Thugonomics. John Cena was there. That was fun. That was, that a, was nice a moment for back. me. Like, because right. I love soul. You think you're untouchable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's uh, that was my moment. And then just Kofi. Oh, going going back. Yo, it was funny watching Hulk come out because of the oh the, the around reaction. that time. Oh, the N word thing happened. Oh yeah. Right? Oh, he so, was he got a little bit of it last week too. Oh yeah, he got Hulk has not been welcomed back. No. Proper. Like mm-hmm. he has not gotten cheered fully since the situation. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because I'm not gonna lie, when I first heard the music, I got hyped. But then I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a Coke minute. Hogan. Like, yeah. So then there was a couple dudes around me like, boo. And I'm like, yeah. But like my section's booing. It's a couple rows up. Ah, it's Hulk Hogan. Everybody's going crazy. So it's it's funny to watch. Mm-hmm. Just uh, how people react, but it was, it was crazy because uh, Alexa Bliss being a host was kind of uh, host are unnecessary in my personal opinion for us. I don't, I, I don't say that because when it's done right, it is like when The Rock hosted twenty seven and when New Day hosted thirty three and brought back the Hardys, like those are moments where, all right, hosts are nice for certain moments, but the host, sometimes they're terrible. They got and the, like you said. The two people you name, or the, the faction and the, the person that you name, the Rock and the New Day, all four of those people have personalities. Mm-hmm. Yep, they all. Well, that's got what you. That's what you gotta. You gotta get personality to do it. Titus O'Neil and Hulk Hogan ain't no, it. No, 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 no they no. not it. <laughs> <laughs> not it. That is not think, it. I think if Titus was by himself, it would have been I. He'd have been fine. Well, there was a third host. <laughs> Bailey. It was Bailey. She should have been the actual. I host, think had it had. It been Titus and Bailey, I think you'd have been okay. Here's what you do. Night one, Titus and Hogan. They are Tampa Bay originals. They were born there. Boom. Bailey comes in. This is my takeover. And mm-hmm. night two, it's her show by herself. Why don't I have a match? And uh, then you bring back, you you make her do her little segment in the ring. Bring the Bellas back then. Or you bring back Becky Lynch. And there you have it. Those were my favorite clips from the first two seasons of Convos with their mom's favorite. Be on the lookout. Season three is coming very soon, very, very soon. So be on the lookout. So, yeah, until then, I'm out.